Could a blog replace your salary? If so, how do you monetize a blog? For our guest in last episode, Janice Torres Rodriguez, host of the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast, it was her blog that helped her achieve financial freedom at the age of 36. But it wasn't overnight, and it definitely wasn't by chance. In this episode, I'll dive deeper into the technical aspects that makes a blog successful so that you can start applying the lessons to your blog and be on your way to financial freedom through blogging. Hi, I'm your host, Ina Coveney. Every Monday, I bring you an interview with a successful online coach where we uncover their true startup story and we wrap it up with a companion episode on Thursdays, this one right here, where I teach you three things that our guest is doing very right in their business and you should start doing right now. And today, our focus will be on three strategies to grow and monetize a blog based on our conversation with Janice Torres Rodriguez. And you can go back and listen to that episode when you're done with this one. Also, stay through the end to introduce you to a member of our community, Stephen Feeney, who will give you his best business tip for our tip of the week. You never know where your next stroke of inspiration or your next coach will come from. Stick around and say yes to this new introduction. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while you're driving the kids to school, make a mental note to head over to the review section and leave us a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Welcome to The Global Phenomenon, the podcast about online coaching, the inspiring new career path responsible for multiple self-made millionaires, opening the doors for experts and professionals like you and me to stop living paycheck to paycheck and design a rich and abundant life with one purpose to help others. I'm your host, Ina Coveney, six-figure entrepreneur and business coach. Listen for lessons and strategies that will turn you into the next global phenomenon. Today's episode begins now. All right, are you ready to grow and monetize your blog? Okay, before we start, I feel like you and I need to get on the same page on a few things. So I have a few disclaimers. There are three of them, okay? Disclaimer number one, if you need to make money right now, a blog is not it. Disclaimer number two, if you're looking for an easy way to make money, a blog is not it. Disclaimer number three, if you want to become rich and famous, a blog is not going to be the quickest way to get there. Okay, are we on the same page? The reason I told you this is because I want you to know that none of these things that we talk about in this podcast or about business are going to be get-rich-quick schemes. It took Janice Torres Rodriguez eight years to achieve financial freedom, but that was through multiple revenue sources, of which her blog was a huge part, but it wasn't all of it. So not only would you have to be willing to start a blog, but you would have to be willing to be an entrepreneur, a business owner, and really put that business hat on and think of ways, creative ways, to get the word out there, to get your blog out there, and to get your own publicity. So I'm getting ahead of myself. My point here is that if you are going to become a blogger, you need to be willing to become an entrepreneur. Okay, so the three strategies that we're going to cover today are going to help you get your mind around 
what it really takes to grow and to monetize a blog. And I'll tell you right now from personal experience, I have worked with a ton of people who are really not excited about being influencers on social media. It's not really their thing. They don't really see themselves going live or creating a ton of videos for themselves just to put their own personal brand out there. Like, I understand that that's not everybody's shtick, right? It's definitely mine. I mean, if you give me the choice between a regular job, you know, crunching spreadsheets in some corner office, right, versus being out here, talking to you, speaking on stage, talking to people on videos, I will take the videos any day because that's really what I love to do. Now, this has nothing to do with being an extrovert or an introvert. There are many, many influencers with an amazing personal brand who are introverts, but it does have to do with how you see your own life going. Where do you want to be spending your time? For me, I want to spend it in the spotlight. It's really what gives me joy. But maybe there's somebody who's listening out there. Maybe this is you. That you're like, you know what, Ina? I just don't see myself as putting myself out there, as being a huge influencer. But I would definitely like to figure out how to make money online and eventually create passive income for my life. A blog might be a great way to do that because the beauty of a blog is that it doesn't have to be centered around you. It's centered around something that people need right now. So these strategies are going to help you create that kind of business and that kind of passive income without really being the face of it. And that's actually what Janice has been able to do. Janice's face and Janice being out on video, that didn't come about until a couple of years ago when she started coaching. But before that, and to this day, her blog does not feature her. It's all about the message. Her blog is about Puerto Rican recipes, and that's all it is. People search for recipes and they find her blog and she monetizes it, but she's not the face of it. So if that sounds exciting to you to have an online business where you don't have to be the face, this is the place to be. So why don't we get started with these three strategies to help you to create and monetize your blog? Why don't we start with strategy number one, which is something that Janice spoke about in the interview. It is to do your research before you pick your topic. Find a spot in the market that is not being served. All right. And this is something that I've actually heard Jenny say in the past. If you are thinking that you're going to create a quote-unquote lifestyle blog, Janice has said many times, that's not a niche. <laughs> that's just you wanting to start a dear diary kind of blog and hope that people love you so much that it blows up. Quit thinking that way. That's not how businesses get made. Whenever you see somebody who's out there like that, it's because they have created value around that personal brand. It's not because, oh my God, people love them so much that they're so interested in their story. No, they've actually made an intentional effort at providing some kind of value using their personal brand, all right? So let's step away from that model and let's think about what kind of blog could you create that people are searching for that information right now, right? When I go on Google, I am not Googling, find me someone to love. <laughs> I want somebody to love, right? Like find me somebody to follow, somebody cool to follow. Nobody searches for that. People are searching for answers to their questions. So that's what you're going to focus on. What Janice did was she focused on people are looking for Puerto Rican recipes. I love to cook 
I'm going to create these recipes. So she invested in it. She created her videos. She created her whole blog and beautiful pictures and really carefully crafted recipes, right? But she didn't really settle on Puerto Rican recipes until she started to see the traction that they were getting. Then she started to look into it. Wait, why am I finding success with these particular recipes? Oh, shoot, there's nobody else out there really doing this. So think about that thing that you want, okay? And I do recommend that it's something on purpose that people are searching for because that's going to be the easiest way to monetize, which is actually strategy number two. I'll get there in a second. Let's stay in the research part. So how do you research your topic? Let's say that there are women out there looking for the perfect little black dress, okay? And you happen to be great at finding amazing styles online. There are people who have made amazing businesses out of dumpster diving for fashion clothes, right? For designer clothes, for high couture, and then reshaping them and reselling them, right? So what is it that you think that people are searching for? If somebody's looking for the perfect little black dress, what are they typing on Google? What are they looking for? Are they looking for a particular cut? Are they looking for a particular size? Are they looking for a particular style, right? What are people searching for? You can go to Google Ads, right? If you go to Google AdWords, that's one word, AdWord. You Google AdWord and you go to their keyword planner. You can search for different terms. If I go and search for a little black dress, it will show me a whole bunch of searches that people have made recently. It will even tell me how many people searched for that in the past month, in the past three months, right? Is it between 100 people and 1,000 people? Is it between 1,000 and 100,000 people? So that's where you start to get, okay, what are people looking for? So that I can start answering that particular question. So find an underserved area of the market and start there. So let's go to strategy number two. How do you actually monetize it? So suppose I created a blog all about the perfect little black dress. And I have different categories and I have different tags for women, a certain size, right? Like if I'm a 2X, here are all the little black dresses that you could be getting at that size. How do you monetize that? Can you guess? In your blog posts, where you talk about the best cut for little black dress for somebody whose size is 2X, you're going to have links to dresses for people to go and buy. But not just any kind of link, you're going to have affiliate links. You are essentially helping people with a problem. You are helping every kind of woman out there find the perfect little black dress. Not only that, you're telling them where to go and find it. So you're going to have your affiliate link for that product so that when people click on it, you will make commission out of it. Actually, I'm really here thinking that this is an amazing idea and somebody should go and steal it from me. But that's basically how blogging works. You find a great idea. And by the way, I just came up with this one off the top of my head. It's not in my notes. I didn't come up with it before I got here. I just thought something off the top of my head. So think about what is it that you want to sell, right? What value are you giving to people? And then figure out who is selling that thing. So you can go knock on their door, create an affiliate partnership, and then you can start selling through them. I will tell you right now, it's actually relatively easy to become an affiliate partner with Amazon. They have an affiliate partners program where you sign up and then you can start creating custom links for specific products. In fact, if you go to my website, if you go to theglobalphenomenon.com slash toolbox, 
you will see all of the equipment that I use in my business. My microphone, my computer is in there. The software that I use to edit this podcast, everything is in there. And when you click on it, it's an affiliate link. It takes you someplace where I get commission if you sign up through me. That's how you monetize your blog. Now, for that, you're going to need a ton of traffic, right? Because I could just start my little black dress blog today, have five posts, <laughs> right? That's not going to get you anywhere. You're going to need a lot of traffic and a lot of people searching for this for you to really start monetizing it, which you kind of start to realize why it took Janice eight years to actually be making some real money on her blog because it took eight years to get that kind of traffic. So I'm going to move on to strategy number three, which is that the beauty of your website, right? How beautiful it is, how appealing it is to the eye is not going to be as important as having an SEO friendly website. SEO stands for search engine optimization. You need to become a master at this. You got to be the expert at what are people typing on Google to find information about the perfect little black dress for their size. You will know because it's not always straightforward, right? It's not just, oh, people are looking for the perfect little black dress. Okay, those are my keywords. What else is there, right? No, people are looking for dresses that fit their size. Maybe they're looking for summer dress. Maybe they're looking for cocktail dress. Maybe they're looking for nighttime dress or black tie dress. You will want to know what those searches are and where those searches are going to so that you know what your competition is. And if there's a search out there that has very low competition, right? It only has 100,000 search results, but it has a thousand searches per week. You know that you've hit a winner. You know that if you answer that question and you answer it right, you might actually rank really high on Google for that particular search term. And I'm just giving you a quick background for what SEO is, but this is what you need to do. You go online and you search SEO classes, how to learn about SEO. You work with an SEO expert to teach you the ropes. You gotta become really good at knowing how to attract your traffic. And I'm gonna throw in this little tip I don't really drive traffic to my website. It's just not really a thing that I do. Sometimes I post the link to my episodes, which link to my website, but that's not really where my clients are, right? I'm really focused on my social media traffic more than my website. But I will tell you one thing. When I had another podcast, I was very, very good at creating Pinterest pins for every single episode. I was creating 10 pins for every episode with different search terms, right? So if the episode was about how to start your business online, I would have a pin that would say how to make money on the side or how to start a side hustle, right? These are different keywords that basically would land you in the same kind of content. So I would create 10 pins for each podcast episode and throw them out there on Pinterest. And I'm going to tell you right now that those pins got me more traffic than my online presence on Facebook. I lived on Facebook. That was my platform of choice at the time. And Facebook was not getting me anywhere near the kind of traffic that my pins were getting me. So if you want to get traffic organically without paying for ads, Pinterest is the way to go, all right? So let's recap here. You want to start a blog. You really want to do this. You know that this is a long game. You know that you need this kind of 
level of expertise, right? You got to know what people are searching for so that you can give them what they want and so that you can monetize it on the other end by offering somebody else's products, right? So here are the strategies. Number one, do your research. Make sure that you have a particular niche that is being underserved out there. And even if there's competition, is there something that you can be doing better than them? Can you offer something that they are not or just something really specific that they are not addressing? That's going to be your space on the internet. So that's number one, doing your research. Number two, understanding that monetization comes from affiliate marketing. In every single post, you should have affiliate links. All right. And number three, remember, don't spend getting somebody to design your blog because people are looking at your blog really truthfully from your mobile phone. (laughs) It doesn't have to look beautiful on desktop, at least not yet. When you're starting out, relieve that pressure. Spend all of your time and money, not on creating a beautiful website, but on educating yourself on SEO and getting the right traffic for your blog. If that makes sense, then you are ready to get this started. And there are so many tools out there, so many free tools for you to start a blog. It's really easy to start a blog in this day and age. You can just go to WordPress. If you already have a website, technically you already have a blog. So you could just look into, okay, what are you paying for right now? And can you just start a blog using what you already have so you don't have to break the bank? Really starting a blog doesn't break the bank. It's something you can start immediately but consistency is going to be key. You can't just write five posts and say, yes, I have a blog. You got to keep at it like Janice did for eight years to start to see some real, real money. But this is something that could really give you great dividends down the line if you start right and if you start right now. All right. So that's it. That's what I had for you. If you found this really, really helpful, and if you know someone who has been meaning to start a blog and they just don't know where to start, would you share this episode with them? This is episode 56 of the Global Phenomenon Podcast. And if you are watching or listening on your phone, would you take a screenshot and put it on your stories and tag me on it so that I can see it? My Instagram is at your engagement coach. That's it. No periods, no underscores, your engagement coach. Go and do it so that we can start a conversation. And I can't wait to see what blog comes out of this. So keep me posted on your progress. So how did that feel? Are you feeling ready to start your blog? Yay! All right. So don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss our next guest. Shamika Tankerson made it to seven figures in her business With a tiny audience, starting out as a teen mom, she has surpassed all of her doubters' expectations. You think you have it bad? Come and check out her story. Subscribe now to listen to her inspiring story coming up on Monday. And finally, here is our tip of the week. Today's tip of the week is brought to you by Stephen Feeney, financial coach. His tip will help you become a better boss to yourself. Here it is. In your business, do you treat yourself like a trusted friend or like a slave? Hi, I'm Stephen Finney. I'm a financial coach. I help couples to stop fighting about money and get on the same page together. As entrepreneurs, we work for ourselves, obviously. But are we a good leader for ourselves or a bad one? Would you be happy working for a boss like you? Do you structure your to-do lists like a tyrant would, where no amount of hard work is enough in a day? Where you've got 20 things to get done today, even though you would never expect that much out of your VA or out of a trusted friend trying to help you get things done? 
I know for me personally that I feel the pressure to do more and get more done every single day. And if I don't get my to-do list done, I feel some shame and some self-judgment sometimes. Even when I do get my list done, my inner critic comes up and tells me it wasn't good enough. Oh, well, that's great. You got five things done today, but you really should have done six or ten because, you know, you got five done. You should be able to do more, right? But is that really like you would treat a friend that you love and you want to take care of? That's what I started to realize about myself. I wanted to treat myself more like a trusted friend that I truly loved and that it's my responsibility to make sure they have a good life. Because it is. I'm going to be with me forever, right? So I may as well love and take care of myself like I would a trusted friend. So when those things come up, it is really easy to get on board and say, oh yeah, I feel terrible. I didn't do good enough. I am not good enough. But that's not what I would tell a trusted friend. So in that example, I would tell my trusted friend the truth is, this is a marathon and not a sprint. Entrepreneurship is a long journey. Consistent effort will win every single time over trying to get 20 things done in one day. And if you can't get those five things done today, that's great. Not a problem. Tons of grace. And we'll get it done tomorrow or we'll get it done the next day. So it's been a constant journey for me of learning how to give myself grace and celebrate when I get my to-do list done, you know? So I actually took some time yesterday to go and goof off after I got my list done. And it was very motivating because I said, hey, I'm going to reward myself and then I'm going to follow through and actually give myself the reward. And I think that's really important to do because, like I said, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And learning to motivate yourself and learning to love and trust yourself with those things is going to be very, very important. So try that next time. What would you tell your trusted friend who's stressed out about their to-do list that can never get enough done? Or it's having a really bad motivating day where they just can't feel like they can get anything done today. You would be encouraging. You would listen to them. You would love them, support them. You would not judge them because they're your trusted friend. So what about failure? What about when failure happens in business? Because it does. It's just the new information, right? It's I had a bad meeting or this client call didn't go according to what I wanted it to or my new course didn't really go well or whatever it is. Do you self-judge? What would you tell a friend that was having a bad day or hard client meeting? What would you tell them? If you're anything like me, I would encourage them and I would acknowledge the failure without judgment. So I wouldn't sweep it under the rug like, oh, it's not really that bad. Nothing bad happened. Well, maybe it did, but it's always a new day tomorrow. You know, it's not your fault. You are not good enough. You are good enough. That's what I would tell my friend. I would help them think clearly about it instead of being so wrapped up in the uh, negative emotions. I would help them understand it's just one day. It's just one meeting. It's just one thing. And there's always plenty more to do tomorrow. And there's going to be great meetings the next day and the next week. I would give them honest feedback, loving honest feedback without judgment at all. The truth is you would treat your friend with kindness and respect. You would give them tons of grace, especially if they were helping you get things done, right? So give yourself permission sometimes to not do as well today as you thought you would. To suck at something new. That's okay. To do things in small incremental steps instead of giant leaps. Give yourself permission to face failure and challenge with encouragement. And last of all, but not least, don't forget to ask for help because we are all in this together. You can follow me on Instagram at Finney Financial, F-I-N-N-E-Y Financial to learn more about personal finance for couples and enjoy the rest of the episode. Stephen Finney is a financial coach helping couples stop fighting about money. Stephen's clients move from shame and confusion around their money to the freedom to give, save, and spend according to their goals. To connect with Stephen, check out the link in the notes. If you would like to be featured on the next episode, you can submit your tip of the week at theglobalphenomenon.com slash tip. Thank you for being here, and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening. You know that part in this episode that made you go, oh my God, I need to write that down? I want to know what that was. So go over to Instagram and find me at 
your engagement coach and send me a DM. I want to hear it. And if your business bestie is missing out on all of these juicy strategies, make sure to take a screenshot of the episode and share it to your stories. Remember to tag me so that I can thank you personally for all your support. I'll see you on the next episode.